Hi, and welcome to my podcast. On this episode, I'll be discussing briefly the topic of best of lists and whether they're any good. Thanks for tuning in. We're in that time of year when we stop and take stock of things. As the leaves fall and the snow arrives and we trudge back and forth to work in the gloom, all of us side by side shuffling through the muck of late fall and early winter, each step carrying us closer to the end of something, sooner maybe than we'd like, or maybe not soon enough. Is it any wonder we choose this time of year to look over our shoulder at what we're leaving behind, back where it's warm? Anyway, last week our local free alternative weekly newspaper put out its annual Best of Chicago issue. For decade upon decade, it's been marking time by polling its readership on various bests of the city. Meanwhile, the length and variety of the year-end list has been growing in inverse proportion to the size and depth of the paper itself. When I moved to Chicago in the late 1990s, the paper was a fulsome brick of a thing. A weighty, thick codex in four sections, bursting with classified ads. Full of coverage of things cultural, review upon review upon review, so many hints to things that were coming up. A callow young person new to the city could spend a full afternoon in a coffee shop, working their way through, and if they weren't convinced that they belonged to a city overflowing with things to do, rich, rewarding, complicated things, and all sorts of equally complicated, inexpressibly cool people doing and creating those things, they could at least believe that they spent that afternoon blending in with those people, since everyone cool was also doing the same thing, i.e., reading that thick brick of a paper, taking it home, and then later finding something to do with all that newsprint, or just adding it out to the stack on the back porch. The paper is much, much smaller now, both in actual physical girth and in relevance, although I'll admit I'm not well-placed to measure that relevance anymore. I'm well past the time of my life when my tastes were fluid enough to be molded by a free alt-weekly, no matter how comprehensive. So the best of list is much longer now, reflecting, I think we can assume, the cultural concerns of a different generation. And into this late autumn muck, some choose to tread asking, well, what does it all mean? A couple of critics, one in a historic and revered Chicago newspaper that's seen its fortunes somewhat in decline of late, and one in the totally decrepit and obsolete Chicago Tribune, took issue with the very concept of a best-of list based on popular vote, throwing it out there that the people are incompetent at producing a best-of list, that the people lard up their list with sentimental favorites that are well past their prime, that the people skew the results by voting for the familiar, and that the people choose the known and the recognized over the new. And yes, they're right to point this out, that a popularity contest measures only popularity. This is the role of the critic, to have a point of view to cut against the grain. And to find, for us, the less discerning and less adventurous those things that we should but don't yet know. They may be technically right, and I won't second-guess them, that the Italian beef at Mr. Beef is gastronomically superior to the popular favorite. And yeah, there's probably a better Chicago blues club than the one that's so far behind the front line of gentrification that few now alive can remember when the territory was contested. So, when they write, quote, Most years, the reward for engaging in the tedious process of validating all the things readers like is the opportunity for us to tell them where they're wrong. I don't entirely disagree, but I do have a couple of thoughts or gestures at thoughts. If 
first, here we have a little snow globe where when you shake it up, you can watch all the politics happen at once. Here in this bubble, you have some process liberalism where the Tribune critic complains of ballot stuffing or other improprieties in the method of aggregating these preferences. And this critique shades into a little, hmm, are we worried at all that these voters aren't particularly well-informed? You know, is democracy inherently doomed to fall to demagogues? A petty tyrant named Pizzeria Uno parlaying name recognition to dominance. And then we've got a little meritocratic complaint that just the right people aren't winning. And there's like a little oligarchic thing where maybe we should just let the right people vote to choose the winners. All of this is good and it's as it should be. You know, if you ask theater and food critics how things should be. You don't become a critic if you thought you were the voice of the common man, or at least you didn't used to back in my day. Second, the scandal of particularity. Shout out to the Know Your Enemy podcast, uh, their recent interview with the playwright of Heroes of the Fourth Turning for bringing this idea to the top of my mind this week. I won't unpack it thoroughly. After all, you're here for three quick thoughts about year-end best-of lists, not an extended digression on theological concepts that have to do with the inherent apparent contradiction between universal idea and the way that it works itself out when it's embedded in history. Anyway, just as a Christian might wrestle with the idea that the ground of all being could also be a first-century Jewish carpenter, and as someone might struggle with rationalizing our universal, unconditional duties to all of humanity with our particular affection for our close friends and family. So might we profitably take some time and find ourselves inside the paradox that the best something in Chicago is in fact a particular bar or a particular restaurant or building or a band or a person we know quite well. And it's just a normal thing after all, squinting in the same early winter gloom as the rest of us. I think that's okay, and yeah, it's a paradox, sort of. And here I'll admit that the bar where I spend my time won in a couple of categories, and because I'm me, I kind of wish it hadn't. I don't really want a bunch of people coming in there trying to have a peak experience. I'm just trying to kill a Monday night, not do the best possible thing I could be doing with my time. In my heart, yeah, it's the best, but I guess for me, in my particular way, which means it's on the edge of walkable from my house and the bartender knows my name. Uh, third, we learned from this year's list that the best suburb of Chicago is Evanston. Here we might agree as a philosophical matter that if the concept of best makes sense and the concept of suburb makes sense, and that if these are real things that are out there in the world, that there must be such a thing as a best suburb. Uh, but this might be one of those philosophical thought experiments that once you've harnessed the philosophy lightning and pulled the chains, lowering the table back into the philosophy lab, and you've pulled back the philosophy sheet, what you're looking at there on the slab is something that should not be. And when it opens its eyes and you meet its gaze, it opens its mouth also in a voiceless philosophical scream, and you're screaming along with it, and you've unleashed a shambling horror on the world, and it's the concept of best suburb. Finally, uh, and here I have to apologize again for the length of this podcast, I think it's also sort of interesting for critics to engage critically with the best of list um, and to berate the public for having out of date or uninformed or unadventurous views. I mean, it's interesting in that it's the job of critics to inform the public, to move our tastes forward, to help us find and experience adventure. And to the extent that we, the public, aren't doing it for ourselves, don't the critics really have only themselves to blame? Are you, the cowboys, blaming the cows for sticking to the meadows we know? Lasso us, herd us, pack us up into trucks or trains if you have to. Ship us off to these exciting, challenging new abattoirs, if they're so great. But just don't blame us. Well, that about does it for this episode of my podcast. Thanks for tuning in. 